morning and welcome to the podcast to be named later in the year 2022. The former is on the DK Sports Podcast Network, the latter just generally everywhere. Happy New Year, Jared. Happy New Year, Alex. It is 2022. That means baseball is near, maybe. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, it could only get better in 2022 than the labor situation at the end of 2021, right? You would hope so. I mean, it can't get much worse because there is no baseball right now. Yeah. Well, my, Major League Baseball. I mean, well, we should get minor league baseball at the moment, but you're right. You know, it, it, we don't know what it's going to be like. We don't know how this is going to play out. Uh, we, that's the Christmas gift that none of us got was um, an end to this. But should there be baseball, 2022 has a lot of potential for both disaster and pleasure. So, Alex, what are some of the things that, you know, might actually excite you about the Pirates this year? Well, you know, that's interesting, Jared. I happen to have a list of three things that, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, me covering Pirates baseball, seeing these elements come up. And two of them, the first one, I'm just lumping in two players who got, you know, a cup of coffee at the end of 2021, but seeing them more extensively in 2022, that's Ronzi Contreras and O'Neill Cruz. And if I had a nickel for every time I talked about how it, you know, excited I was seeing Contreras pitch and how this kid is the best pitching prospect to be in this farm system since Tyler Glass now and how, you know, O'Neill Cruz doesn't need an explanation or an introduction anymore. This is just the guy. And that, like, there's a long list of areas right here. I'd just be treading the same ground that I've done so many times. There are a lot of interesting players you know, who should be making their debuts at some point in 2022, you know, Travis Swaggerty, Keaton Smith and the Jigba, Jack Sawinski, maybe a Pagero at the end of the year. Like there's, there's a long list of, you know, interesting prospects. It's not going to be a lot of Ildemar Vargas and Kaya Tobbs and John Nagowski's filling out rosters. There's actually going to be some prospects. Those two are the guys who are headlining it though. Yeah, I mean, I have my own list, too, and those two are right at the top of it. I mean, how could you not be excited to see them play? I think, you know, if you have the opportunity to watch O'Neill Cruz take batting practice, sometimes that's probably more entertaining than the game. He just puts on a clinic. He can hit the ball. I'm excited to see him develop, which I think is going to be the big thing uh, for me. Is, uh, let's be real. You know, this past season, he played a full year. So it's, it had been a while since that had happened because of COVID and because of just being a minor leaguer. So he played a whole, a whole year. He continued to get better for the most part, even after his injury. So I'm very interested to see how he develops. And now Contreras the same way. He got through that year. He made his debut. He looks good. I'm excited to see him extensively. But I think that's the perfect segue into my next one. There's the prospect debuts. I'm very interested to see Travis Swagger because I thought last year, could have been his year to be a part of the Pirates outfield. Now, of course, yeah. tore his shoulder apart, had to get surgery. So that's a big thing. Jack Sawinski comes over in a, in a trade uh, middle of the year. You know, excited to see what he's got. He saw him limited uh, in action in, in Altoona. And and you mentioned Kanan Smith and Jigba. I think he's going to be a guy to watch out for. He's a very much under-the-radar guy. But I think he can turn some heads in this organization with a good performance in AAA this year. Yeah, I mean – like I 
said, I mean, it's a good batch of prospects. Swaggerty was someone who uh, Ben Charrington said flat out, like out of any, everyone who was at the alternate site last year, it was Swaggerty that was giving the best at-bats, was giving the best effort out there. And then he tears up Indianapolis for like a week and then, you know, bad dive back on a pickoff attempt and that ends the season. He definitely would have gotten reps up in the major leagues last year. I mean, who knows if someone like an Anthony Alford gets another chance up in the major leagues if Travis Swaggerty doesn't get hurt because that's just, you know, a case of a guy who have to be on the 40 man and a lot of logistics in that situation. So I, it's a good batch of outfielders. Brian Reynolds is not going to be flanked by Kaye Tom and Gregory Polanco in 2022. Which is probably the best thing for him because right now, yeah, um, my, that actually goes right into my next one is Brian Reynolds. Brian Reynolds is the Pirates MVP. He is the best player on the roster as of right now, as of January 1st, 2022. That could change and probably will change um, as we get closer to the season and if there is a season. But Brian Reynolds is an exciting guy. He can hit the ball uh, from both sides. He can play quality center field at PNC Park, which is not easy to do. I mean, he demonstrated the glove playing left field, which essentially is center field anywhere else. Um, but I'm excited to see him hit the field. And, and you know, it, there's a lot of excitement there because I think this is a, a, a guy that you can rally around and, and, and just see develop each and every night at the ballpark. Yeah, I mean, this guy was an all-star, very deservedly so, started in the all-star game. He's in a good position to go to a couple more all-star games, especially whenever you look at this Pirates roster and you got to send one representative and yeah, there aren't too many people who could probably usurp him there if he stays healthy. Uh, two things I'm really interested in and in looking forward to in 2022 is seeing how that hitting program is revamped with Andy Haynes as the new hitting coach. I know a lot of people aren't exactly ecstatic that it's a retread that it was the guy who was fired from milwaukee but we're starting to see some influence going on even if it's something small like bringing in eric munson to be the triple a hitting coach um john not only going out altoona maybe that'll come up in organic conversation later but it's there's some small things there definitely more streamlined the whole idea of bringing in a new hitting coach with someone to help the whole hitting program and I know Oscar Marine people don't like the results I have said a couple times in the past like okay he couldn't spin gold out of Chase DeYoung there is a lot of good behind the scenes stuff there's a lot of good the process that they're going through with a lot of areas that Marine has been focusing on are good areas to catch up on are good areas to try to build upon you can like the process without liking the results so far. And that's kind of, I'm in that camp. If the hitting can do that, make it would make 2022 go a lot smoother than 2021. There's nowhere to go up, but up for the offense. So I, I don't know how it could really get worse. No, but it's the pirates. So it very well could get worse before it gets better. Um, that's, I, I was just shaking a stick at every deity that's ever been. <laughs> But, but no, you bring up a good point. I mean, I'm, I'm very interested, interested to see, you know, how this kind of plays out because Andy Haynes comes in, they made a complete overhaul at the AAA staff. Um, Nunley gets moved to double to A, which let's be real. That's in minor league baseball. That's not necessarily it's emotion. And with no. the guys that they have coming up, like Nick Gonzalez, like Piguero, like, you know, uh, Frazier, even 
Um, those guys are studs. Those guys can hit the ball. So a guy like Nemely, who was an Indians hitting coach uh, at a previous time, that's a great situation to be in, to have a guy like that capable of coaching at double A. He's coached 95% of those hitters at one point or another that are in, in Pittsburgh. So if he has a good relationship with Haynes, I think that's great. I think it's good for the organization. And, you know, he's a guy that's that the organization is very fond of, which I think is hugely important when you're talking about hitting. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, they brought in Haynes for the hitting program. That's going to be, there's going to be some coordination with minor league coaches, with people at the front office. It's, it's just interesting to see how they would go there. I, I think some of the pitching, we saw it in the major league level with like guys like Kranich, you know, coming up at the end of the year, like what's some of this new approach pitch to strengths, you know, how could that actually work out rather than this cookie cutter approach? Let's see how it goes on with the rest. I, I've written so much about player development that that shouldn't be too surprising, <laughs> you know, this offseason. And my third point, and this is a very selfish point, is I am hoping, I am really hoping, looking forward to, excited, whatever, just looking forward to some more normalcy in 2022. I know I say this in the midst of Omicron, you know, be rampant at the moment, but I am hopeful that in 2022, that's the year that we as journalists are allowed back into clubhouses. Even if it isn't, we're going to get much more access in spring training than we did last year, where almost everything was still done through Zooms. Just being able to get more access to players, being able to you know, get more information from the people that this actually impacts the, more, the most, it, it, it's, that's what I'm looking forward to the most. I am tired of Zoom call interviews. That is so challenging and I hate it. I'm looking forward to that, those being done. I'm hoping it's done at some point in 2022. Right. And I think the thing is journalists and writers, the biggest thing is being inside clubhouses allows us to get to know the people that we're covering better. Alex can get to know Brian Reynolds. He can get to know Max Cranick. He can, he can get to know Derek Shelton, who we really haven't gotten to know Derek Shelton in a one-on-one situation the way that, you know, we got to for Clint Hurdle. And it's the same thing in Altoona for me or, or covering the minor leagues, you know, Miguel Perez and I got to sit down and have a conversation one-on-one a couple times this summer, but at the same time, you know, we're not in the clubhouse. We're not able to, to talk to O'Neill Cruz whenever we want or whenever he's available. We're not necessarily able to talk to Ronzi Contreras. It's, Hey, can you do this interview more often than not with Cruz? It was, eh, no, I really don't want to. So we are kind of at the beck and call of the players in the organization to, Hey, listen, let's, let's help me help you here. And, and, you know, some players love that. Some players don't love it. That's just the name of the game. But when you're in a clubhouse and you can really actually get to know these guys and build that connection and build that trust that makes our jobs and their jobs a lot easier when it comes down to the final, uh, to the bottom line. That's too much optimism. Too much cause for excitement. The new year brings a whole new year of failure and pain as well. And we are going to be looking at a couple. We're taking the other side of the coin. We're going to look at the other areas of concern. What we are not looking forward to in 2020. Cast to be named later here on DK Pittsburgh's 
Sports Podcasting Network. Jared Pugar there. Alex Jones here. I just realized that I didn't use your last name in the, in the beginning of the first segment there, Jared. So I could have been talking to any Jared as far as the internet's concerned. Well, you know, you just never know, Alex. Um, you can pick your poison who you wanted to talk to. I know it probably wasn't me uh, at this point in time. So you know what? Hey, it is what it is. But as Alex, my co-host, is unable to tell you more often than not, my last name is Jer- or is Prugar. Um, so now that he knows that, we're off on the right foot in 2022. But, you know, we talked at the break about, you know, let, we expressed a lot of optimism there. But let's be real. Why would we ever be optimistic about Pirates baseball, given their track record over the last 30 years? Yeah, yeah. And like we did in the first segment, I've got a list of three. And you know what? I'm stealing from my first list of three. My number one, you know, cause of concern area, not super excited for in 2022 is the hitting and the new hitting program, because this is a retread coach. This is someone who was fired from Milwaukee and it's an apples and oranges situation. Andy Haynes got to work with a lot of veterans in Milwaukee here. He's going to be working with a lot of kids, something that he did as a minor league coach, but something that he hasn't done at the major league level yet. That's going to be a different challenge. It's this offense. I said nowhere to go, but up, but there are some areas where, we could very realistically see an opening day middle infield of Kevin Newman and Cole Tucker. And even if you like Cole Tucker, how he ended the year, those are two very light bats. Roberto Perez is not a big bat. Ben Gamble is average at best. Anthony Alford is very boomer bust. Yoshi Sutsugo had exactly like five good weeks in, in two years in the major leagues. It's like, there's a long list of concerns here. And I, Again, I've said this a couple times. I think the Pirates have made really good strides in the player development area. That's good. Major league results have to come, though, and I, I, it's not going to be coming easy, you know, for this hitting group. No, and that's the thing, too. I mean, you look at Brian Reynolds. Good. You got, you got rid of your best catcher, best hitter that was a catcher, um, and Jacob Stallings, and mm-hmm. – I mean, you look around the infield and it's like a who's who of who can't hit 200. And, you know, the Pirates need to get better. And there's no, there are no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But can they do that? Is Haynes the guy to help them do that? I don't know. I, I don't know. And we're going to find out really quickly. Um, and, and to be honest, to cut the, the concerns uh, to only three for each of us was a very, very hard thing to do to start off the new year. Um, but mine, I'm going on the opposite side, the pitching staff. Who the hell knows what's going to happen with these pitchers, man? Uh, I think back end, David Bendar is going to be a stud again. Um, Alex probably still is owed at least a case of beer or two <laughs> from him for being a lone rookie of the year vote. Um, but you have to have a good closer. You have to be in situations to close the game. And with this Pirates offense and with the guys in front of Bendar, Who's to say that that's even going to be remotely possible? We don't know what's going to, what we're going to get from Mitch Keller. We don't know what we're going to get from Cranick. We don't know what we're going to get from JT Brubaker. We don't, there are so many unknowns pitching staff wise. It's not going to be pretty in my opinion to start out the season. No, no. And that's, I, I have the rotation as my number two point. Like, looking at the off-season additions, there's Jose Quintana, who was signed and was told, you're going to be a starter. 
And there's Zach Thompson, who they got in the Jacob Stallings trade, who the Pirates are, you know, internally adamant, like he's going to be a major league starter. We believe he can do it. He's going to get that opportunity in 2022. Okay, this is a guy who was waived as a reliever last year. And someone who about this time last year was a minor league free agent signed as, you know, a free agent that way. It, not exactly, you know, a great bedrock. Could they be good? Absolutely, they could. But I just don't see the high upside in this rotation anymore outside of Contreras. I think Contreras, I don't know if he'll make the opening day rotation. Probably not. But if he did, I think he's the best starter in the rotation day one because Mitch Keller had a very rough year in 2021 to the point that I think people who ask like future in the bullpen, what's going on there. It's valid talk. If he doesn't, you know, put that behind him and take steps forward, Bryce Wilson, former top 100 prospect. I like that. He's a strike thrower, but he can leave some meatballs over the plate and he gets hammered for them. There are Dylan Peters. What are we talking about here? A guy who goes five innings and gets pulled. Maybe I honestly, the guys in this potential rotation that I think have the highest upside, I don't know if they're in the opening day rotation. Contreras, Kranich, guys like that, they might, you're right, they might start off in the minor leagues. I mean, out of the group that probably does, it'd be JD, JT Brubaker. And I mean, we've seen it in the past two good months and then he got kind of fell off. I don't know how much of that was he just hadn't thrown a full year in two years because of the injury and then the COVID year. Maybe it's as simple as that. He just needs to build up more. But even then, even then, Contreras is the only guy out of this group that I could see really being a front of the rotation starter anymore. A lot of these guys, you know, if if things go well, it's like a he's a number four. He's a number five. So yeah. I, a, a rotation with a rookie – a rookie with like three career innings to his belt. And then like a bunch of guys who are like maybe four or five <laughs> is not exactly an awe inspiring rotation. And yes, they're going to look for another guy in the mix there, but it'll probably be an inning eater, another four or five type rather than the frontline starter that they need. Yeah. I, I mean, Contreras is the guy that I'm excited for the most clearly but after that, you still have four starters that you need to see. So, I mean, a lot of these guys, I think, are stop gaps at, the, at their floor, at their ceilings. You want them to develop. Quintana, five years ago, three or four years ago, this would have been great. Everybody wanted it. But now it's a little different. So I'm very interested to see how things go pitching staff-wise. I'm not very excited to watch some of these guys pitch. But the potential is there for a lot of them. So, hey – who knows? Who's going to step up and be that ace? Who's going to be that bulldog that's going to go out and give you seven, eight innings every chance he's on the mound? Do they have that guy? I don't necessarily know, but we're going to find out. Now, I'm going to get away to my second concern. The outfield other than Brian Reynolds. Who the hell is going to play the outfield? Is it going to be Travis Swaggerty? Could he make the team out of camp? Is it going to be Anthony Alford, uh, Ben Gamble? Who's going to be out there and are they going to be able to to play those positions competitive yeah i mean it's a fair question greg allen erasure by the way jared come on but it's swaggery he could be a major league regular i don't think that's you know outlandish to say that's a potential you know for him and but besides that you got a lot of 
well, maybes, intriguing prospects, guys with like a good raw tool or two. Can it develop right there? There's, there is very little certainty in this outfield. And outside of Brian Reynolds, and even Brian Reynolds hit below the Mendoza line in 2020, and that was probably a free thing. I seriously doubt it will happen again. But it's one of those, it happened. Like it's, it's within the realm of possibility that it could happen again. So, I again, I seriously doubt, and nobody hates talking about 2020 anymore than, than Brian Reynolds, and I do not blame him because he goes on, and he's an all-star, and all year he's got here. So, did you put 2020 behind you? I don't blame him for, for getting tired of that question. He, he handled it better than I probably would have. But it's it's an area that you got one solid guy there who has – you know, this black mark on the back of his baseball card there, and then a whole lot of question marks and prospects after that. Yeah, there are a lot of kind of, eh, um, when it comes to stuff like that. So, but that's the Pirates right now. That's kind of where they're at. There's a lot of, eh, but there mm-hmm. is there is some upside, like we talked about in the first segment. Um, and, of course, we are Grinches today, so it's just one of those situations where, hey, guess what? We're going to get grunt, grumpy and grouchy. So what's your next concern, Alex? My third and final one is the catching position because, Jared, I, I, I think this could go off the rails. I, Do you I think really... it would behoove them to play without a catcher? Do you think it would be better that way? Because you might as well mm, at this point. I, I think it would lead to a lot of wild pitches, so I will disagree. But it's Roberto Perez, who I get the upside. The upside is – He's Jacob Stallings with maybe a little more power, but he's basically Jacob Stallings. Okay, you could go through that. Who's the backup? Michael Perez. We saw him get everyday reps for like 10 days whenever Stallings is on the IL. I don't think anybody wants to see that for you know a month or two. There's no one in AAA who really has any sort of major league potential as anything more than you know, emergency fill-in. There's Carter Bins a double A if you really want to stretch some things, but even he didn't hit well in double A last year, so that's a pretty firm, no, okay, you're going back to Altoona, get your footing there to start the year. There's a lot – there's nothing at this position until Henry Davis, really. Right. I mean, and Carter he- Bins is a, pro- a projectable major league backup. That's fine as, you know, a trade piece and a prospect. But this is – let's just address it like it is. Catching position with what they have right now is buy time until Henry Davis comes up to save the day. Yeah, and we don't know when that's going to happen. It's hard to predict 2023. Yeah, midseason 2023 is the earliest. I think it's a fairly realistic projection, assuming he stays healthy. Right. And, hey, who knows at this point. Now, the catching position is, I think, the, one of the most important on the field. We saw what happened with James <laughs> Sollings. James Sollings is a quality major league catcher. That's why, obviously, the Marlins sought him, and they got him. Um, and I think they're going to miss his, the intangibles of, the, of what he brought to that clubhouse more so than they are what he brought on the field. So that's, I think, the, the position that scared, one of the positions that scares me the most. But I'm, what scares me also is first base. 
right? It's been a revolving door of guys at first base over the course of the last few years. And, you know, we thought, well, Craig could be the answer. Well, he ended up in Korea because of the one of the most embarrassing plays in all of baseball history. Um, and, and that's a shame. And it sucks because Will Craig is a good guy. But it, it, that was one of the plays that, you know, has ended up on blooper reel after blooper reel after blooper reel. And it's kind of been regurgitated lately because worst plays of 2021. And, you know, I don't think I had to sit here and explain it, but here we are. Colin Moran, non-tender, not non-factor. There could be something lined up down the road for him with Pittsburgh. Probably not going to happen uh, at this point in time, mainly because you can't really talk to him because Major League Baseball players don't exist. Satsugo, five great weeks as, as a major leaguer in two years. Uh, other than that, not so much. So what are your so who's on first? What's what's your game plan at first? Who can it be? And how are you gonna do it? Is it Mason Martin? Well, we have no idea yet. It's there's just so many question marks at first base. Then that's kind of been a position of weakness since you know Josh Bell's really good first half of the year just a couple of years ago. I'll take it one step further for you, Jared. What happens if Mason Martin is taken in rule five? <laughs> I mean, this honestly, like if Yoshi doesn't play well or hell, even if he does play well and he gets traded at the deadline, what, what happens at first base? If there is no Mason Martin, do you go to Michael Chavis who could potentially be your starting second baseman? Do you go to, I mean, I'm Cole Tucker played first base in high school. You know, we're, we're really we're really going far down the death chart. Ben Gamble can kind of play first base. There is very little organizational depth. There is no prospect until like Alexander Mojica in, in Bradenton for first base after Mason Martin. So they lose him. There's a lot of eggs in the Yoshi basket. And it's another position that I, I, I don't, where it looks like they're biding time, but I don't know what they're biding time for. Like that's the position that going into this year that I thought maybe it would have made the most sense to try to get a veteran like an Anthony Rizzo, like, Hey, payroll super low. Let's get someone in that mix, you know, veteran help shepherd these young kids that come up, but Nope, that happening. And and that's the other thing too, right? They need, they don't have a really big veteran presence on this team. They need one. And they need one desperately. I think there's value in that. There, I mean, Michael, Michael Chavis is what the longest tenured major leaguer on that team, other uh, on the position as a position player, right? Uh, Perez, pretty close. Roberto Perez. Roberto Perez, right? So there aren't very many options, and that's not good. I mean, that was one thing you had with Stallings. That was the one thing you had with a couple of those other guys. But like, you have to have that veteran presence because if you don't, uh, you don't know. You don't learn the game of of professional baseball you don't learn the way that's of being a major leaguer what it takes what it's going to take to get to that next level to win and sustain that winning culture and the pirates have had that at times but at times like now who are they going to rely on brian reynolds i mean yeah is he up for that i'm not sure is he their best player right now yeah without a doubt but he's still very early in his career too so i mean there's just so many there are just so many variables here that the Pirates really, really need a veteran bat. Go out and get a Rizzo. Go out and get somebody that, that's going to be 
that quality first baseman that you need and develop along the way because they have no corner infield depth, in my opinion, for quite some time now. And they don't need it at third base because they have Key Brian Hayes. As long yeah. as Key Brian Hayes stays healthy. So, I mean, first base, though, that's, uh, that's a different story. We're going to take a break. we got a little more show to go whenever we come back. the third and final segment of this New Year's edition of the Pirates podcast to be named later. It's a new year. I still have to rattle off all the podcasts that I'm on in my head as I say something and before I uh, slip of the tongue. He's my co-host, Alex. I don't know his last name because that's how we do things Uh, around here. But it's the third and final segment like we talked about endless times. Alex, what are we talking about today? You know what? I had a topic here. We're going improv here. Top three favorite last names in sports history. Or, you know, just I, I'm going to expand it to just top three last names in history. Nagowski? I was going to go with Lebowski, so thanks. We're allowed <laughs> to be different, Alex. I think Nagowski... Well, it think, sounds like I'm ripping you off. Hey, there's nothing wrong with being Polish. There's nothing wrong with the Polish stuff. But you hear Lebowski, every single person on earth is going to think about the big Lebowski. It's fun to say. I can't believe you did this to me. That's what we're here for, Alex. Don't you No, ever okay, so we're, we're abandoning this topic then. We're abandoning this topic, and we're going to go to the one I had pre-written. And this is something we got on Twitter here. Greg Spalding 101 tweeted at us. Back, whatever the last time I asked for a question. If you guys have something you'd like us to talk about, put it in a comment here or add us on Twitter. Seems like that was last year. (laughs) It was last year. But Gregory Spalding asks, your favorite and least favorite cities you've visited. Ooh, that's a good one. Um least favorite is Cincinnati, without a doubt. I hate Cincinnati. I hate the city of Cincinnati. I Nothing. don't know how many subscribers or listeners we have from Cincinnati. I am sorry. I hate that city. That city is. <laughs> yes, so exactly. Long. That is exactly what I said. Yeah. Um, I, I have zero good memories in Cincinnati. I watched Pedro Alvarez throw a ball into left center field um, at a game uh, in Cincinnati. Um, my car broke down on the way home from Cincinnati once. Um, I, saw I had my car broken into in cincinnati yeah and you know just just some really bad memories of cincinnati as a whole uh their their claim to fame is poor chili um skyline chili i mean say what you want about that but cincinnati takes the cake for for terrible cities Uh, just if if you could just get rid of most of the state of ohio then that couldn't be any better for this country you know what? Like we we could we could figure this out. Like we're we're gonna keep Cedar Point. We're, we'll keep. I don't hate Cleveland. I know that's like very anti Pittsburgh to say. I like Cleveland, especially in a weekend like this. They play they play the Browns this weekend. The Steelers do. They play them nice. on Monday night. Men's last game. 
Come on, you can't you can't say that you like Cleveland on a weekend like this. Next weekend, sure, but not. I'm this sorry, weekend. I, I kind of like Cleveland. I'm I'm sorry. That's right. They got the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They got well, the no, that's a glorified Hard Rock Cafe. That's whoa, whoa, whoa! You're not wrong. However, <laughs> they got the Jake. No, I can't even say that anymore. No. All right, let's get away from the, the state of Ohio. Oh, dude, this conversation can only get better, Jerry. Uh, favorite cities. Uh, favorite I visited for work. I'll put it as a as a tie of New York because that's like a real fun city to, to visit. I have friends who live up in New York, and anytime I go there, it just drives them up a wall anytime I say, uh, you know, I – I, I like New York, but I wouldn't want to live here. I don't know if they listen to the podcast. If they do, sorry, Luke. I, I probably just made him his skin crawl with that. It's it's a fun city to go visit. And hey, boy, the Pirates play a week up there next year, a whole week. And there's a day off or two scheduled in there. Might have some fun then. Uh, no, no fun for you, but keep going. And I've, and I've expressed my fondness for the city of Kansas City and all its happenings that it has out there mainly the barbecue and the negro league museum yes the museums and the barbecue is why you need to go to kansas city at some point before you die if you are a baseball fan i like new york city i hate driving in it i was up there just a couple of weeks oh, ago don't try yeah it's awful um i so a little story um i was up there for the hall of fame or not for the hall of fame but for the uh, army navy game which was played at the new meadowlands the medlife stadium just a few weeks ago um it's always played that week of uh, uh, December every year. This year, because of the 20th anniversary of 9-11, it was played at the Meadowlands. Typically, it's in Philadelphia. Uh, Philadelphia is another city I will probably I would choose not to go to. Um, just for sheer fact, I probably wouldn't make it out alive. Um, but um, was able to do that, and then I bumped over to the Heisman Ceremony. And if you ever have, your, have a chance to do both in the same day, I just, just don't. Um, especially if you're driving in the city, just a miserable experience. Um, but uh, New York is fun. I've been at, I was at the old Yankee Stadium, the new Yankee Stadium. Um, I've walked beside Madison Square Garden. I was in Times Square. Um, and for something that's sensitive to light and sound, Times Square is, is not the greatest place for me to be. But New York is a fun time. Again, I feel the same way. I wouldn't want to live there. That's a good place to visit for a night or two. Um, but I think my favorite place to visit that I visited would have to be, I would say probably Los Angeles. Um, I was able to go to the Rose Bowl, which is in Pasadena, just a, sh- a short trip away. Um, got in and out, flew to LAX, uh, stayed with a cousin, got to do a couple touristy things. And, and it was just an overall good experience right up there with, with LA is Dallas. Um, you know, um, went to a, a couple different restaurants that were pretty good. Um, and you know, those are the places where, where you got to go and you got to experience things. That was for Cowboys Steelers in 2012. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger threw a pick Cowboys won. I am, um, going to go on the record and admit that I am a Dallas Cowboys fan. Um, I'm sorry to disappoint anybody who's still listening to this podcast at this point, but they, they turned it off after I said Cleveland was a pretty cool city for, for, for the very few that are still here. This is one of the lone seasons that I'm actually excited about football at this point in the season. Um, so we have that going for us right now. Until, obviously, either the first round or second round disappointment, because that is Cowboys football. 
my second name was going to be Skywalker for the record. So I don't That's... know how you, you probably would have said Taiwan Walker or someone like that. So they say, you know, make me feel. Oh, Neil yeah. Walker. Come on, man. Neil Walker. Okay. There we go. It's my least favorite right now is Stump. That's right. And my third is third greatest last name of all time is Krugar. You can listen to him on the podcast to be named later and the We Are podcast. And all the podcasts that we have on the TK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network, just, just give it a follow wherever you get your podcast. It's all good stuff. Good names, last names, whatever names. Please like, rate, review, whatever you got to do. We, as always, on the Pirates Podcast to be named later. Thank you for listening. Have a great, safe, and healthy 2022. We'll catch you next week. Mm-hmm.